Today on our To Win the Mini podcast, we have Bobby Pell and Ryan Moore. Guys, we're glad to have you. Today we're going to talk about church planting uh, and church planting specifically in Indiana. Um, your story is a little bit different uh, as to how you got into Indiana, but thank you for coming and tell us a little bit about your story. How did guys from Mississippi and Alabama uh, end up in Indiana planting churches together? Yeah. God has a sense of humor. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I've, I'm Bobby. I've been there 30 years, moved in 1993 as a church planner, grew up in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area and, um, Moved to okay. I said Alabama because you're I'm an Alabama, Alabama fan. fan. Yeah, my dad's from Fort Payne. My okay. dad's from Fort all Payne. Right. That's that's how all that happened. And uh, 23 years old, graduate of Tennessee Temple, and um, my wife was from Indiana. Uh, that had a impact, but she didn't want to move home. Uh, we we had met down in Chattanooga. I'd had a lot of uh, correlations in the past. Uh, my best friend in high school was from Indiana. Uh, went to our our Christian school basketball team, played some games up in Indiana, attended a church, actually, that's now about uh, 30 minutes away from the church where I'm at. And on that Sunday in Washington, Indiana, that Sunday, the Bible was never broken open. Mm. Um, and I, I, I just remember saying, because the Lord had called me to preach when I was 15, and I remembered saying, you know, Lord, if... If 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 you ever have a desire for me to come to Indiana, I would say yes in a heartbeat. It would not be a hard yes. Really? And then I met a young lady who was from Greencastle, Indiana. And um, we had, after we got married, uh, leading right after our graduation, that summer in 93, we had four families, two families that didn't know the other two families, who asked us to move to Greencastle to start a church. And um, in July of 93, met with those four families, asked them to find a place to meet, invite others. I would try to talk to Southern Baptists to see if I could get us some help. And as when I did so, I remember talking to Carol Fowler, who is the head of church planning for the State Convention of Indiana. And, you know, back then, assessment was, do you have a heartbeat? <laughs> <laughs> so, and so he, he said, it sounds to me like you have a church ready to go. I said, yes, sir, it does. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll give you $400 a month. I'll pay your church's rent and utilities, and I will uh, pay your moving expenses. I said, sir, you can do that on the phone. We've never seen each other. <laughs> Assessment's a little different. A little different than when I went through it. <laughs> the, the need was so great, the or they was, just the, didn't? The need was so great. And they didn't they know had, exactly they had, what they, they, they were doing. People. Huh? They didn't have people. Yeah. And I, I got off the phone. My wife heard my end of the conversation. We we lived on State Line Road, and we lived on the Tennessee side. We walked across the street in Georgia to a cemetery, and I said, I, I think that, God's calling us to go. I uh, went back to the apartment we lived in, called the pastor, turned in our 30 days notice. That was on August the 15th of 93. We moved September 15th. And September 19th, we had our first service. Hmm. Um, and that's not how you plan a church. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just don't do that. Yeah. We also had 52 people come. Wow. 52 people. And so... Because those four families 
all went out and did their work. Was church planting even a term? No, at I, that point? I couldn't find a book on it. I couldn't find a book. You on just it. said we're going to start a church. Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't find a book. I, a Christian bookstore in Chattanooga. I could not find a book on it. Um, read the Book of Acts. Talked to some pastors. All I knew to do is what I did, mm-hmm. and then went from there. The Lord blessed a lot of ignorance. He tends to do that. I've seen that in my you whole know, life. You know, it's sort of the, <laughs> you know, in in weakness, you know, that that's really what I, I point back to in my life. Mm-hmm. And a long time later, you and I met in a different, I was in Greencastle nine years, planted another church in Evansville, Indiana, which is where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. And uh, our, that church has been a church planting church, which is really how Ryan and I met. Yeah. Yeah, so you plant a church, then you plant another church, uh, as you said, you're not just planning a church um, for the purpose of having that one church. You're planning churches for the a church for the purpose of planting additional churches. That's correct. Out of that, uh, you connect with this guy who's in uh, in Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, so, Ryan, how does how does that work? I know you were in Mississippi thinking, I really want to go plant a church in Indiana. Man, it's my you, heart's desire. The sarcasm right? is thick. <laughs> the sarcasm is thick. So. Meridian is home for me, uh, born, raised there, and um, the first church I pastored was was in Meridian, and had pastored there for um, for six years. And uh, at at year six, I really became got got to a point to where I thought this is where I'm going to be for my ministry, and I was okay with that. It was a is a rural church in Causeyville, Mississippi, and uh, had you know enjoyed that, enjoyed where I lived, enjoyed the people there, and loved them. They loved us and our family. It was a good situation. We had grandparents in town for our kids, which means we had free babysitting, right? And so, um, when 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 I made the decision that I thought, okay, I'm here. I want to stay here. This is where God is going to have me for the rest of my ministry. I received a call from a guy that I'd met a couple of years earlier who was a church planting catalyst with the North American Mission Board uh, in the state of Indiana. And he called me up out of the blue one day and said, hey, Ryan, would you ever consider moving to Indiana to be a church planter? And uh, initially I said, no, that that's nowhere on my radar. I have zero interest in that. But I made a mistake in that I said, well, I'll, I'll go home and pray about it. And um and I did, and my wife and I talked about it, and the Lord, um, my, in my, we had a conversation about this this morning, about how do you determine where God is leading, and for me, I had a, a, a pastor encourage me one time that um, when you have opportunities present themselves before you, take a step and just see what doors God opens in that, and so we, we took a step in that, and we started having more conversations with um, other folks at NAM about uh, being plant after that question about being planters in Indiana God really gave us a piece about it and so in 2016 we moved from Mississippi to Indiana to be planters Northwoods um, we were introduced to one another uh, by um, a church planting catalyst with the North American Mission Board and um, Northwoods was gracious and came alongside us and and said that they'd be our sending church and so uh, did that and so grateful for Northwoods. Yeah, and both of y'all, I, I didn't mention the church that you're both connected with, Northwoods Church there in Evansville. 
Uh, and uh, and the, the church been there nine years. Is that what you said? Uh, no, I mean. Two oh, days. you were the, no, you were at your first church for nine for nine years. years so yeah, yeah. I've, I, the church this year celebrates twenty one years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Healthy church. I had the opportunity mm-hmm. to go there and just see the work that you guys are doing. Um, all right. So I, I'll, y'all are the perfect guys to help me. All right. I teach preaching, pastoral ministry, and one of the things that I'm I try to help our students work through, obviously, they come here and go, I'm called. I'm don't. not sure what I'm called to. So we talk about missions and we talk about pastoring uh, established churches. We talk about the possibility of church planting. Both of you, you were on staff at an established church before you go to Indiana. You're pastoring a church. Some of the ways that I try to uh, distinguish it, but again, I'm really asking for help here. Um, we talk about the established church, and then we talk about church planting. And sometimes I'll talk about it from the standpoint of there are church planters, and then there are church planters who are going to plant a church that they will pastor. And the church planters are are, are almost like, I remember talking to a church planting guy here when I came as a student, because I'd never heard of what church, church planting, what is that? And he talked about how it's an apostolic, like lowercase a, apostolic ministry, where you'll go in like Paul, start a church, and then you you transition to another church. So as you're, and y'all do assessments with uh, North American Mission Board and also with guys that you're personally mentoring and training, how do you guys characterize this is an established church guy, he's called to an established church. This seems like a church planter. And do do y'all distinguish between this seems like that apostolic church planter who's probably going to plant multiple churches versus this might be a guy who's going to plant a church and pastor it for 40 years. Do you even need to distinguish that, I guess, would be a follow-up question. Yeah, I definitely distinguish in those ways. And I, and I, okay. I just think that from a church planting, we we often look at church planters monolithically, mm-hmm. and that's a mistake because to, to what you're saying, some planters— they're just catalytic. They're going to plant, then they're going to plant, then they're going to plant, and then they're going to plant. So that's the term you would use for what I was saying, apostolic, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with the spiritual giftedness of mm-hmm. that, of, that that it is an apostolic gift, a lowercase. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but if, if you would, they, they catalyze, they catalyze, they catalyze. And to be honest, if you left them in one location, they're probably not going to do well because of their of their giftedness. They're they're gonna blow something up, mm-hmm. but they are great to get to to gather people, start, hand off, give consistency to a pastor, and move on. That is not who I am, and that's also I would also say even when you have planters who are gonna become pastors, there are even subcategories of that. Like for example, I know in my life. I can't what what we call parachute in. I you I'm not a guy who could have come into Greencastle or Evansville without people that I knew. So I I the Lord has how the Lord uses me is there if there are people that I can work with a team then he has used me to use a team for the purpose of planting. There are other people who much like missionaries all across the world who are church planners, they go into areas they don't know anyone and they're there for the purpose of planting. I couldn't, I, I so respect those brothers. 
that is just not how God has made me. And I think just understanding not only that there are differences between planters and pastors, there are differences between planters and planters. And understanding the way you have been wired, that's really what what our heart is whenever we sit down and work with planters. Who are you? How has God made you? How has God gifted you? How are, what are you passionate about? What are you good at? And then help and then help release them to go accomplish that. That's sort of a, I don't know if that helps. No, it helps that, a lot. You know, sitting back and thinking through, but from a categorizing, you know, that's important. I uh, transition, if you would, from planter to pastor. Mm-hmm. And some guys just can't do that. Was that difficult? Yes. Was it? Yes. And because part of what made that difficult for me is understanding the timing of when you have to make the switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still a pastor who thinks like a planter, but I, I'm not a planter who's pastoring. I'm, I'm a pastor. So does that mean change? you're constantly thinking about change? Yes. Let's yes. do something new. Let's yes. do something different. Yes. And, it, and that's dangerous. Okay. I admit that. But I'm not afraid of change. Ryan's on staff with me. He knows. I mean, <laughs> we we wonder when Bobby's going to come in. All right, what's what's happening this week? What's our what's our marching orders this week? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some truth to that. Are y'all? It it seems that the church and the church staff would be wired for that, right? I know pe- people don't like change in general, sure. But it seems like y'all's church would be more, maybe more wired for it. Yeah. 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 Would that be accurate? Yeah, for sure. Bobby definitely has some qualities about him of that. He may not, you know, the apostolic nature in him. Mm -hmm. He's not looking to leave Northwoods. He's not looking to plant himself another place, but that idea of what is next, what's around the corner, does something need to change? Um, He'll come in here into the office with a, with an idea and, you know, Kind of where we find ourselves as staff is okay. Let's how do we implement this 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 idea? Um, Bobby is a team guy. He likes working with teams of people, and you know part of what that means is you you find people that you work well with. That's right, right, and that's important, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Northwoods, we really do have a good team right now, and we all work well. We like each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always helpful. That's helpful. It does. It is. It is. And it's not always the truth. <laughs> it's not always the truth, but it is always helpful. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so, it, I mean, it, it is. It's a fun. It's a fun working environment. Now, of the five pastors we have on staff, three have been planters, and and I think that helps it because three have can can understand. You know, whenever we bring something new to the table, uh, okay. So this is not we're. The average church will take uh, 90 to 100% of the things they did last year and do it next year. And that's that's just not the case with us. Um, and I'm not saying most of the things, still 50, maybe 50 to 75%, we'll, we will do. But 25 to 50%, we won't. And, you know, we we make some pretty severe adjustments on an annual basis. And just trying things. And some of those things don't work. Mm. So Most churches are not comfortable with that. Right. And by, by church, I mean the culture of the church, the people, the staff, everyone, they would flip out over something like that. Yeah. It sounds like you're vicariously apostolic as well. Like you, you get your apostolic itch 
or your catalytic itch through these other guys that you're, no, that's you're sending out. Yeah, 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 that's fair. And I, I, th- I think that's really important because I, I agree. I yeah. mean, if you if you don't, however way a pastor is wired, if they're wired uh, as a shepherd, then you better get your shepherding itch. If you're wired as a teacher, you better get your teaching itch. If evangelism, you better get your evangelism itch. Whatever, you better do that. And that doesn't mean we're not all to do all those things. But but if you if you squelch that part that God has called you and gifted you to do, uh, you, you will ultimately look to leave. And that's not always the wisest move either. At NOBTS and Level College, our mission is to prepare servants to walk with Christ, to proclaim His truth, and to fulfill His mission. If God's calling you to take your ministry a step further, let us help. Visit us at nobts.edu. As we're talking about this, you know, the Ephesians 4, where God has given these, um, these various giftings to the church, and that apostle... We don't understand it because we're afraid of it. For one, obviously, we're not talking about Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's capital A apostle, and the work that we're talking about is vastly different. Um, it's not we're not apostles. And then even there are churches that ha- that call their ministries apostolic, and they mean capital A. That's right. As we're talking about lowercase a, so I would fit into the prophet mold in Ephesians four, mm-hmm. and there's this misunderstanding. Oh, you predict the future heavens. No, I wish I could It'd be awesome. Right? But it's more of that, that fourth telling of, uh, you know, this is where you are. This is where you need to be. And, uh, and I don't think we do a good job, not just with, uh, pastors of established churches, but planters and missionaries, helping people understand how God's wired them and call them. One of the things that I really appreciate with, uh, the assessments in the church planting world is that you guys really help people understand this is, it seems like this is God, how God's wired you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to do better jobs of that. I think it would help us all the way around. Uh, as, as you're walking through this, so both of y'all uh, are transitioning from established churches to, to the planting world. Ryan, you were pastoring an established church and then planting. And, and now, I mean, y'all are established, which I always remind people, that is the goal of every church plant, to become an established church. Uh, and church planters go, amen, brother, amen. We want to become an established church. That's not a bad word to, right. for a plant to become established. Um, I often think of church planters, one of the words I always use for planters is that they seem to be entrepreneurial, yeah. um, that they're thinking outside the box. And entrepreneurs say there's a, there's a need and no one's filling that need. I'm going to build whatever I need to to fill that need. Is that fair? Is that accurate? Uh, and and how did you going from established to plant back to established? How have you navigated those worlds? Yeah, I, I think that can be a part of it for a lot of people. I think a lot of people incorrectly think that if they're going to be a planter, then they need to be an extrovert. Mm-hmm. I think they feel like they have to be this super outgoing guy that is Always looking for what's next, and and has that entrepreneurial spirit about them, and I don't I don't think that hurts, right? When you're starting something from from nothing or starting something small with a with a team of of people, I I don't think though that being extroverted or entrepreneurial is is a prerequisite to planting, right? I mean that's naturally that's not that's not Ryan, that's not me. I was I was 
I was just as fine staying as an introvert in my rural church in Mississippi when God called me to be a planter. Um, now, there were some things that I had to learn when I got on the field that that I didn't have to utilize when I was pastoring an established church. And I had people coming to church, you know, Sunday in, Sunday out, whether or not I was making contacts into the community, right? I had to, I mean, I really had to work at being evangelistic. I, you know, I could have done that when I was a pastor, or I didn't have to do that when I was a pastor because I had people there, right? And so the, the necessity to sharpen those evangelistic teeth was, was it was there when I was pastoring but uh, it became very evident and necessary when I was when I was planting meeting new people right that was some a, a skill that I had to develop and um and you do I mean you learn how to do those things you learn how to develop those skills but you know for somebody that's listening that thinks that's not me I, I could I could never do that well you know there's 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 other guys in Scripture, right, that when God called them to do the, something, they said, well, I can't do that. I can't talk. I can't do this, right? And um, God does not look at the same things that, that man looks at, right? When when God calls us to do something, our our response should be, yes, yes, Lord. And so um, being entrepreneurial, I mean, there's aspects about that that is, that is helpful. Most of my ministry, in fact, has been being bivocational. I've, I've driven... A school bus before when I was planting. I worked as a data analyst when I was planting. I've done e-commerce when I was planting. I was a secretary at Northwoods when I was planting, right? We called him the manatory. I was the manatory for a season. <laughs> and uh, now that that's out for the world to hear, others will yeah, also yeah. call me the manatory. That's, your nickname, that's right. Put that on your resume. Uh, that, that was a mistake. <laughs> Um, and so, I mean, there's, there's just times in my life where I've had, where I've had to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, right now God has me in a situation where I'm serving as a missions pastor in an established church, and I'm still able to work very closely with church planters and encourage them. And we have lots of planting partners and, um, I'm able to scratch that itch that I have because I'm, you know, in the future, God may have me planting again. And, you know, if he does, he does. So well, y'all have certainly helped me better under, I mean, just getting to know y'all, there was the perception of church planting, church planters, um, and y'all's personality is is different than what we typically think of. And this conversation's helped me, uh, and I think we need to have more of these. I wish we had more time, uh, but I definitely appreciate you guys. The training that you guys are doing in Indiana, if somebody's listening and they're interested, um, how would you tell them to connect with y'all hey, for the work that you're doing? You guys are always looking for uh, for residents, for interns to come up there, learn about planting, but also to become planters through y'all. Uh, how can people connect with Northwoods and what you're doing? Yeah, so um, first of all, you can email me at bobby, B-O-B-B-Y, at northwoodschurch.org. Uh, and I'll, I'll just give you my cell. My cell is 317 317- Nine seven nine two zero eight zero. You can call or text, and we're interested in information. It'll either be myself or Ryan that would follow up. But feel free. Um, I mean, we we do have the ability to have interns, who and our desire of that is. By the way, an intern doesn't have to be a student here at New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It could be some. It could be a student at New Orleans Theological Seminary, but it also could be somebody who maybe you're. You already have a degree, but you. 
don't have a place to serve. We'd love to invest in you. And we do three things. One is to help you identify and confirm your calling. Two is to develop skills that we see that you may need to be working on. And third is to do everything we can to help place you in a place to do ministry that fits that calling. So it's very simple. And if you'd like to find out more information, contact us. Sounds great. Guys, I appreciate y'all on a number of of levels. I appreciate the work that you're doing. uh, And as I've said, when I've had you in my class, I want more guys to connect with y'all and uh, and do – Go about church planting the way that you guys are doing that in Indiana. Yeah. So thank you all for what you're doing. And thank you, Blake. Yeah, thank it's you. been very fun. And thanks for being on here. Yeah. God bless you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to To Win the Many, a podcast of the Caskey Center at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. The Caskey Center for Church Excellence provides ministerial resources, including undergraduate and graduate scholarships for ministers serving Southern Baptist churches in Alabama, Indiana, Louisiana, Mississippi, Montana, and Wyoming. For access to additional resources or more information about our scholarship opportunities, visit our website at caskeycenter.com or nobts.edu.